Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who are up to their ears and kneecaps, Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi ho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 380, because the Lions won a game. This is the official Detroit Lions Podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, Jeff, the Riz Risen, and the ever-gorgeous and beautiful Andy Sandman. How are you doing, guys? Welcome to Victory Wednesday. Victory Wednesday, what's that like? <laughs> I don't know. It, it had been so long, so long. I'm so happy. I'm so elated. I am so relieved. That's my emotion for the week. I am relieved. It's a post-coital refractory period. I couldn't tell you how, like, we'll get into it a little bit, but the the sense of just the so much melting away, so much relief, uh, I will just wallow at the feet of Andy and why wouldn't you when he's looking like this but <laughs> uh, for all the great stuff he did we'll talk about that we're gonna talk about some stuff with St. Jude that's broken down uh, we're gonna talk about the game of course because the Lions won a game and we're gonna look ahead to some uh, some other the injury report we're gonna talk a little bit about the draft and we're gonna head look ahead to the Broncos game as well we got a whole lot going on it's a great show lined up you guys ready to go Oh, let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. Here we are. First off and foremost off, I want to thank every one of you listeners uh, for sticking with us. You know, one of the things that's really big about podcasting and these kind of shows is that whole consistency thing. And we really, really, really tried to be as consistent as possible. Had some family things to take care of. And I had to be out of town, which screwed up our, our, our pregame show, our game preview with Tony Ortiz and the postgame show. I did a little video on the way home for folks to just kind of get the reaction because it was such a great win. But all you folks tuning in and sticking with us through the off season, St. Jude, all the stuff we do, just want to give a big thanks to our, our, our viewers. You guys and gals are the most important and wonderful people. So thank you very, very much. Um, quick update on St. Jude. Huge thanks. As you can see, we've cracked 30269 and Yes! Chris will be doing the Fat Boy 40. Uh, I think we've decided we're going to do that. We're going to film it at the Senior Bowl. So look for that to come out the week of the Senior Bowl. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. That's going to be some good stuff. We will bug Mr. Nagy, Jim Nagy, the director of the Senior Bowl, to uh, let us run that on the field at USA. Yep. Um, University of South Alabama, the stadium, where um, we're going to be having practice. We don't have to stand out in the crap, god-awful Oh, the cinder that the old stadium was. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. I am so excited to be in a updated, nice stadium with actual bathrooms that work. And oh, my God. Yes. Just, oh, it's going to be great. <laughs> There's nothing worse than peeing in a trough next to Derek, <laughs> next to, uh, I, I won't say his name, but he, he's a noted sports business reporter for, uh, who, who tends to make an ass of himself and has also run the uh, 40-yard dash once upon a time. Yep. Um, that, that's, uh, that, 
that was an experience I'd, I'd not, I wish to not relive. And I had to do that at Lad People's once in a while. I don't have to do that again. It's the only time Riz feels small sitting <laughs> next to me. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Sorry, brother. I didn't mean to hey, that, that way. Um, I'm just looking at Andy's ample bosom. And yeah, oh, everything's getting bigger. <laughs> um, For those of you doing the audio only, by the way, um, it's you'll want to check the YouTube video of this one out. Please go <laughs> like it, subscribe so you know that it comes on, and especially when Andy's on because he's beautiful right now. <laughs> he's the best he's ever looked. <laughs> I, I do my best. I do my best for you, Jeff. <laughs> it, it, it's awesome. I love it. Um, love it. On the St. Jude thing, really quick. Oh, yeah. And watch for, well, anyway. Uh, on the St. Jude thing, check out auction.detroitlionspodcast.com. There's some amazing stuff. The Jerry Jacobs jersey is shot through the roof and pricing. I got to thank everyone who's been bidding on the the dinner with Chris, Sandman, and Riz, the three of us. I mean, who wouldn't want Look at Sandman. You can eat dinner with that. Um, it's up to $469, guys. Dude, That's if she's our waitress, awesome. I will die. <laughs> I will not be proper. Uh, no, so we got that going on. Uh, there's some great. I'll be leaving more than just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> we got a, there's uh, a seven nights in a Colorado ski home, three thousand dollar value that's up there waiting to be bid on in in ski country. It is really really beautiful. DeAndre Swift signed jerseys. We got signed balls. And some footballs out here with signatures on them. Uh, Jerry Jacobs ball. And we'll talk about Jerry a little bit here. Not just how great he's played with. Heck yeah, we will. He's got some really nice. uh, All kinds of uh, signed helmets. The whole thing. Every penny of that is going to St. Jude. All of it. All no administration costs. Nothing. All of it. Get in there. Bid on the stuff. The the we have one week until the auction ends, and then uh, we're closing out. So all that stuff will be there to put under the tree or the stocking or. Wherever you want to put your stuff to give it as a gift or keep it and hang on the wall, whatever. It's all there. Auction.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Also, don't forget stjude.org slash DLP. We're, we've, we've hit our goal. I, I, I feel bad grabbing people by the ankles and shaking for more, but we're always we're always <laughs> willing. We're always willing to help out St. Jude. This Where we're at right now with everything, guys, in three years, we're over $65,000 raised. Amazing. So Amazing. It's incredible. So great. So great, man. All right. Best well, fans on the planet. I'm so proud of you, Chris, for organizing all that. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. You guys. Thank you. Thank you for getting us involved in it, because it's something that I would not have done on my own. You know, once you gave me the kick in the ass, I'm all in. But I needed the kick in the ass and you gave it to me. So thank you. for that. Well, it's worked for others, too. Other people's got charitable in the same way. So we'll leave it at that. We've done a lot of good. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's get right into it. Lions won a game. And guys. I was there. I was there for this. This was the <laughs> most memorable Lions game I have ever been to. I am forever in debt to Sandman. I would just put my face between them ample bosom and motorboat away as a thank you. My man, you are the best. You gave me like I'm still sitting on cloud nine. Like you don't even know. Like on the on the on the plane home, I just I I, I couldn't even I mean I had, don't have words to describe. Just like I was lifting the plane. I was floating so much, man. It was great. <laughs> so thank you, Andy, for helping get that experience. Absolutely, man. I'm all, you know, it's always a pleasure to watch games with you. And uh, you know, the fact that they came out with a win, I think, is just that bigger of a bonus, you know? Yes. It, it was. It was a great time. And um, you know, Watching your reaction to this win, and you know, it was obviously it was a literal last second win. And uh, as a, I've been a season ticket member long enough that I've seen a bunch of these now. Like I, I got to experience the Stafford year where he did it eight times or whatever it was. 
but you know, watching it like revitalized me a little bit, how exciting it was. Cause I had dulled a little, I think you resharpened fandom slightly Oh, I did that I t- day. T- it was like, uh, you know, we're, we're close to Christmas. We're close to Christmas. I think my heart grew a couple Grinch sizes that day. <laughs> I think it, it was good. It was good for, for everybody. I just had a blast. The, you know, the guys in front of us were having a good time and it was, great. it was just a great time all the way around. I really, I mean, even before, you know, up until the very, very end, we weren't so certain we were going to win because we're Lions fans. We know how it goes. <laughs> I had the best experience. I know, Andy, now why you will never give those seats up. The people around you, the experience out of this world. I mean, Lions fans across the board, I think almost everybody I've met has been just accelerated, like elevated individuals, such wonderful people. I had such a blast with everybody, dude. That was that was awesome. I, I totally get why you're there. I You talked about the reaction. I want to share it really quick. I do have a video. I, it isn't the one that, that you sent. Uh, Andy, but this is the one that I was shooting. For some reason, I just felt like this might be a historic moment. So here it is, the last minute of the Lions game. insane and the reason i yelled that about minnesota was i was having a flashback to the jets game the minnesota fans were piling down to the front rows and they were all doing the skull thing right for the last five minutes of the game this thing and there was more and more purple just crowding down to the sidelines behind the team and i was like I'm going to, it's going to, it's going to hurt me. It's going to be like the, the J E T S thing or the Dallas game that we were at. I was like, this is, this is going to really, really hurt me. And that thing went in and they scored. And I just, it would, it was, it was 
completely out of my control. I was completely out of my mind. It just happened. But I was like, F you, you and your chant, get the F out of here. I didn't realize that was you saying that, Chris. I thought that was, I thought that was an innocent bystander around you. But uh, that was kudos, kudos for the, uh, the, the spontaneous response there. And by the way, um, if you're not watching the, the video feeding it, and again, you do need to be watching this one on YouTube. It's free. Click on the subscribe. You'll know when we're coming. And it's great. Wait. There was some Vikings fans, like, off to your left, too. And they were still there standing and watching. Um, they weren't necessarily in the surrender Cobra pose, but they weren't far from it either. <laughs> they were nice guys. They were actually really nice and um, and. and they they were they were fine right they weren't they weren't there they you know they cheer their team and they would oh darn it when they didn't do well and there was yeah. no like malice they just were there to enjoy their team playing football it was Good. totally totally cool but those people down in that in that lower bowl just pushing in <laughs> man i was feeling well i was welling up man i was getting eight <laughs> that's actually one of the benefits of my seats are that uh you know they're not the cheapest seats on the planet so we tend not to get like super riffraffy people that are there to like get drunk. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like most well, of the time it's people that are there to watch the game. So it's respectable for the most part. The so one guy, the one guy next to me, but he was the happiest, funniest drunk I've ever been with in a game. <laughs> I mean, he was so great. He was, <laughs> come on, man, don't be so serious. You know, they're going to lose. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I know when that guy's at the games because I'll just be sitting there and then on second down, I'll hear, just pun it already. He was, he, he was the guy every time they would throw a flag on Minnesota. He's like, cheaters, you cheaters. You come to the Motor City to cheat. Right? Oh, my so goodness. It was, he was absolutely wonderful to be around. The whole, all of them, all of them were great. I loved all those people. So, again, Andy, thank you so much. Uh, one more thing I want to share. Uh, in the, in the, uh, uh, chat they're asking if we can get the the sights and sounds of the lions that the lions put out um we can't uh it's all copyright stuff so we'll take a look yeah. we'll see if we can do something with it they've got a crack team though their team in uh doing their social and their in their videos is top shelf lions have a really special crew over there they they really do i have got they a buddy do. that works for the bears and he even comments that in the NFL circles, the Lions team is very, very highly regarded. It's a combination of them being a talented group. And also the Lions have very little restriction on what they're allowed to tape, photo, put, put into these videos for us as fans. Yeah. If you go to Chicago, you go to L.A., um, they really cut, you know, they'll, they'll send the, the coaching staff a four minute video and the coaching staff will reduce it to 20 seconds Yes, of stuff, stuff that they can show. And the lions just do a really fantastic job of not paring down these fantastic videos for the fans. Yeah, and you're it, getting, it is, you're getting what they want you to see, but what they want you to see is reality. It's yeah. not, it's not sugarcoated. They, they do a very good job of that. And, and having dealt with, with several other teams, PR departments, media departments, media relations departments. Lions really are top notch. They they absolutely are. They deserve the credit. They deserve the praise. Um, I can tell you firsthand. The other two teams that I've worked with, the the Houston Texans PR team, used to be the best in football. They, they, they were messed the up on the Deshaun Watson thing, though. <laughs> uh, they, well, they well, it goes back to before that. It goes to um, the the sell the team folks. Um, you, you 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 always ask me to find you an owner who's worse. <laughs> Go to Houston, um, where uh, they fired their PR woman because she um, 
said something nice about a, a certain ethnic minority, and that really bothered the owner, and they fired her. Um, and she's now in Jacksonville and does a great job there. Um, her name is Amy Palsik. She's she's a fantastic person. The Lions do a great job with it. I love seeing them do it. And, and again, the, their team deserves all the credit in the world because they are better at it than a lot of other teams are. Um, Except I, in the postgame pressers. They suck with the microphones there. I am happy. I will, next time I'm in town, I will help you guys set that up. No charge. And it will be great and people will love it. And it won't cost, it'll cost you less than a grand. Detroit Lions, if you're listening, I will fix that for you. Trust me. <laughs> right. So so the deal is, and I actually talked about this with Micro Mike when I was on with him. They are very restrictive on the COVID situation. You cannot put your recorders up in front of the, the, the stand anymore like you used to do. And they don't have the traveling microphone. They have a central microphone, and we're not allowed to go up to it. If you, so, if you look at, like, the uh, the MMA, they have a pair of shotgun mics that are uh, um, gaffer taped, like an X facing down over the ring that can pick up a ton of the sounds of what's going on. A couple of shotgun mics idea. like that directly over the press, the press core. You run it through, you know, three different channels on your mixer. Done. Gone. Go for yeah, it. And, and the, the press room in Ford Field is a lot easier to do that in than the media tent where they're normally holding their press conferences during the week. Tents got the ball. So, yeah. Put the cable right over the balls. I can do it. <laughs> Health and safety would approve. All right. So there you go. <laughs> Good stuff. I want to do one more thing because, uh, well, first let's talk about the locker room footage because I love that they share that and they put it out there. Dan Campbell being mauled by his team, getting the ball, right? And I know he gave put that game ball out there for Oxford and yes, great call out the names. Very, very special. Um, very, very meaningful. Um, but the, the yeah. locker room when Brockers went up, held the ball, gave it to the coach and then they mobbed him and mauled him the whole thing. He was talking later. He said in the, in the presser the day, the next day he was talking, he was soaking wet from the guys pouring water on him and he got back to his office and Martha was there and he wanted to hug her, but he couldn't cause he would have soaked her cause he was so wet. But uh, it was it was great to see, and you can see he wears it, man. He, you just right on his sleeve, his emotions, and you can just see how much it meant to him. And for the guys to treat him that way, he is definitely a special coach, man. He's a special coach. You know, one, one of the things I, uh, I I will refer to our old friend Pat Kerwin, um, mm-hmm. who <clears throat> is on Sirius XM NFL Radio, former NFL GM. Um, coincidentally, is Pete Carroll's best friend. Um, they are they are very very tight. Listen to him today on, on Sirius XM NFL Radio, Channel 88. Um, I've known Pat for a very long time through that, through going to the Senior Bowl. Um, I've actually appeared on their show a couple times, um, not recently, but in the past I have. And he compared Dan Campbell early on to the way that Bill Cower went into Pittsburgh. And I, I, I it, it struck me because I don't think people remember – Pittsburgh had a gap between like 19, like when Terry Bradshaw and Lynn Swan and Franco Harris, all those guys left. And then like the mid 1990s, like they were really bad in the late 80s and early yeah, 90s. Yeah. And Cower came in and restored order. And one of the first things he did was he, he revived that culture. And, and Pat talked about it a little bit, like how the culture that he saw in Pittsburgh that, that Bill Cower was building coming out of a losing environment, he, he understood how to build and how to get the guys to buy into to, that this is going to work. We're going to win together. We're not going to win apart. We're going to win together. And and he talked about how Dan Campbell embodies that. And I hadn't thought of that. Uh, and I'm actually going to write about it, and I will credit PK on it. But uh, it's <laughs> it's something that really resonated with me. Like, 
Like, wow, man. Like, God, if we could get what Bill Cowher did in Pittsburgh, hell yeah, man. Sign me up for that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And by the way, Bill Cowher, not an X's and O's guy. Not at all. Like, not, not at all. Um, and I think we're learning that about Dan Campbell too. Might not, might not be his strong suit, but everything else with it, like if he finds an X's and O's guy to go with him, and he certainly did on defensive side of the ball with Dom Capers. Um, I'll talk about Dan Campbell there. I'm in. Well, I'm in. I've got some. <laughs> give me, give me that. Give me that. <laughs> um, and let's face it, he 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 does a great job on meet and greets. <laughs> <laughs> That party was fun. <laughs> we just kind of sat down. No, nobody's like BK. <laughs> How you doing, boys? <laughs> it was almost scary. It All right. was a little bit. <laughs> I want to get into one more thing. Um, again, the, the the locker room stuff and, and celebrating the win. There's something that came up, and I, I just absolutely loved this. It, I found it. I don't know if they made it, but Barstool Detroit is where I found it on their Instagram. This is totally worth it. It's it's going to be worth hiding Sandman for a minute just to see this, but uh, check this Uh-oh. out because I absolutely love this. score still i said the lions want a game man we going all the way we about to celebrate why because the lions want a game i said the lions want a game bitch we going all the way come on we about to celebrate why because the lions want a game here we go how great was that man i just again in the moment afterwards that was perfect. It was the perfect celebratory thing. <laughs> so we've got some with Sandman highlights. Every single win. Our shows, we're going to have. Because the Lions want a game. Hey. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> the, the, the picture at the end there, and again, if you're if you're not watching this on YouTube, you don't need to watch it. The picture of Kenny Willickus, that's number 79 for the Vikings, kneeling over and just like, what the hell just happened? Yep. Look. It's it's a fantastic photo. Somebody somebody snapped it. I want to say the AP photo um, photographer took it, and it's a great picture. I've I've actually downloaded it for for personal purposes, but uh, it's uh, <laughs> download the Sandman one. It'll be work better. Trust me. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I think it, it might. But like that's 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 the attitude, man. And and for all the people that are like, oh, you're getting all excited about winning a game. Well, we hadn't won one in a damn year. Come on. Uh, yeah. If you're not going to get uh, excited over that, like, like, let us have our moment. Come on. How many moments does Detroit get? I've like, seen a like, ton of love out there from everybody. I mean, they played it at SoFi the Ram, at the Rams game. I mean, they played it and people cheered. Everywhere I've seen, people have been really, really supportive and happy about the Lions winning that game. And I, I 
I don't know. I let us have I our see, time in the sun. Like and in we're, the we're so often in the we're so little in the sun. It's like we're living in a goddamn eclipse. When we get a little bit of sunlight, we're gonna enjoy it, folks. Let us enjoy it. If you if you cheered and you got criticized for it, you stick your middle finger up somebody's nose and say, "Hey, I needed that." <laughs> the Lions won a game, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I think everything I've seen, even the subreddit. People from other teams, teams that were involved, even people from Minnesota were just swarming in to yep. say, hey, congrats, guys. You guys deserve that. Love Dan Campbell. Love what you, what you guys got going on. I wish we had a coach like Dan Campbell. All over, it seems like I've just seen the mass majority of folks celebrating and happy for the Lions to pull that. Even the RNFL, which is like at a million and a half subscribers at this point, um, changed the you know the, how many people are here. It was like twenty nine thousand happy lions fans. They called it. Yeah. It's just great. It was really really great. Everyone's kind of right there with us. It feels good. It feels good not to you know at the beginning of the season. It was all the broken down lions. Poor you know Matthew Stafford had to come from such a crappy place. And it's not. It's a different. I like being on this side of that story where everyone's happy for us. <laughs> it's so much easier to do my job this week. Oh, so much easier. All right, that's the, that's the thing, man. Every time people say like, oh, I, I don't think any of the reporters or anybody want the Lions to win. You know how much better life is when the Lions win? So much better. Yeah, yeah. I will tell you, um, just as as um, from a business side, business is a hell of a lot better this week than it has been the last couple of weeks. <laughs> like people always like, oh, you, you're right about the loser. And that, that that's just, no, people get tired of the loser. Yep. Losers breed apathy. Yeah. This team now, like, look, I don't know if we're gonna we're gonna win one more game. I, I'm pretty confident about that. I don't know if we're gonna win more than that. I'm, I'm not sure that we're all the way back. Um, to to sorry to dampen the the barstool song, but <laughs> I, I don't think we're going all the way this year. <laughs> I really love that. Um, but you know, it, it, it's there's just. Like a renewed like life, like the life force around the Detroit Lions is is taking on a new shine this week, and that makes me very happy. I will tell you, I, I talked to a couple people who are in Allen Park every day, and they're like, it is a night and day difference. Like, and the, the Lions were doing a damn hard job of trying to keep everybody uplifted. Look, you're oh ten and one, like. reality check, you're not a good football team. Like, things are not going well. And if you continue to go down that path, things are really not going to go well for you personally. But to get in the win, and and the manner that they won, like, holy crap. Like Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford comparison. I don't care that Minnesota blew it. (laughs) Detroit won. They won it. And and I'm just telling you, look. Jared Goff has more wins. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't November. What was it? More wins in the last four weeks than... Oh, no, because he won a game. Damn it. Uh, the same amount of wins in the last four <laughs> he, weeks. He did Stafford. before Stafford played yeah. because Stafford didn't, hadn't played yet. So now they got the same number of wins in the last four weeks. We'll put it that yeah, way. That's not did. bad. And and, and, bad and Goff has fewer losses. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> we have a tie in there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. There you go. So Jared Goff, NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Which is wild to me. Wow, because yes, Stafford he was like never won. Undeserving, completely yes, undeserving. But Stafford he got. never won, not once. Did you see what? He, no, he said? did. He won. He won um, when he beat Cleveland. When when he had the oh, soul. That's true. That's, that, true. that's the only time he ever won. The last Lions to win it was Calvin Johnson in, in week six of 2015. Before that, the, the time before that was was Matthew Stafford in what was that week 
week 10 of his rookie season. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about Jared Goff um, and, and why this transformation kind of happened. And I got some, some thoughts and Riz and I are, are in different places on this, but we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, I, okay. I got the skull chant crap out of the way. Uh, 16, 14 win. Sandman's the best human being in the world. I got to call out Q, <laughs> Tony, um, Tony Ortiz, Colin, Riz, all you guys, we got together for lunch and it was just, it was the, this weekend when we, it was just such a high. Like I had all this stuff going on in the background, you know, my parents had a car accident, but, but these were the moments that just made everything so much better. It was this escape and you, you guys all love you all. You guys are the best. Um, since returning from his injury, Goff is fourth in the NFL passer rating. Fourth overall. Okay. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, so let's say why was there so much more downfield passing i think was the question i saw um and riz you had pontificated that there was somebody missing that forced jared's golf okay so i have a lot of theories and i will go over the first one because it was the first one that i thought of and that is that deandre swift is not in the lineup deandre swift is quite clearly the target that jared Goff values and trusts the most DeAndre Swift, very good receiver out of the backfield. He never runs downfield routes. He runs flares. He runs circle routes at the line of scrimmage. He runs screens, little swing release, pressure release valve routes, pressure valve release routes. That's all he does. Goff is comfortable. He knows that he's going to catch it. He knows that DeAndre is probably going to make the first guy miss. Um, Whether that leads to a one-yard gain or a three-yard gain or maybe a 10-yard gain on occasion, He's been very happy to take that. He hasn't had that option, um, not not in, in any way, not in any way, dis, dis besmirging Jamal Williams or Godwin Igwe as receivers. But Goff doesn't see them that way. He sees Swift that way. So the first thing that came to my mind, and it wasn't the only thing, it was the first thing, was that Jared Goff is being forced to because his security blanket is gone. And and now he's got to go out there and he's got to he's got to try try try. He did it. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> I don't disagree with Riz here in that Goff has always been a efficiency guy. He's never been a boomer bust quarterback. Uh, you know, in fact, as I was making the slow lights this week, it was I don't want to say painful because the Lions won. But it was weird because there were so many seven and eight yard plays. It was like 50% of our plays were seven or eight yards. Whereas normally when I make slow lights back in the Stafford era, it would be eight yard gains, 15 yard gains, 20 yard gains, 26 yard gains. There would be big chunks and this team had a few of those this past week. But generally speaking, every other play was quick. And, you know, seven, eight, nine yards, they were all in that realm. So in in that way, Jared Goff has been incredibly efficient. His completion percentage is always super high. Everything, you know, aligns with that. Uh, I just don't know how comfortable he feels throwing it deep if he has an easier option. If he sees somebody open, I think he goes there. And if his first option is open most of the time because the defense allows it, or, you know, you don't cover swing passes man-to-man and press. So if, if his first guy's open, I think he takes it. I don't think he looks to the second or third option unless the first and second guy are covered. 
And if his first option based on this offense is Swift, this is I've got something for you guys here. There you go. This is where this is hit me. This is what we refer to as Chris Dust. (laughs) In the side, I'm I'm at rapt attention now. Um, Before I do the Chris Dust, I want to I want to refer to Sam Ann's highlights because. God, I loved it. It was so great to be able to have him. Not just because we won, but you're so good at this, Andy. Um, but I will use that as something to pe- for people to go look at because you're going to see something that everyone says the opposite happens. I saw so many times Jared Goff, if you watch his head, Jared Goff is terrible at looking people off. Jared Goff's head points where he's looking no matter what. Okay, He can't Stafford. He can't Mahomes. He can't do that. He always looks where he's throwing the ball but if you watch him in the slow lights he checks multiple receivers play after play after play after play he doesn't just look for one guy and throw to one guy and that's what people keep saying he's just checking out on he's just automatically going to throw the short ball he's not he's watching those other receivers i'm gonna it sounds it's gonna sound like i'm saying jared goff is a good quarterback here that's not what i'm saying he's not a terrible quarterback okay but he isn't I'm not I'm not trying to say he's amazing and and, and the solution long term for the Detroit Lions. He's better than he has been. And here's where the Chris dust comes in. Um, There's a change that happened. And we talked about Dan Campbell uh, taking over the play calling duties, but it wasn't that he was doing it alone. Okay, I'm going to tell you there's a job interview going on right now. And there's only one person in this building that is a serious candidate for offensive coordinator for this team next year. I'm not saying it's the guy they're absolutely going to go with. I'm not saying it's any. I'm not saying it's it's, they're not going to interview outside, (laughs) but they have an on the job interview going right now with Ben Johnson. He's the guy, the one guy internally that has a chance at the offensive coordinator job. I'm telling you straight up. He's the one that's been working with Dan Campbell. On the plays, the play calling, changing the playbook, and D. Anthony Linning, the playbook. The changes we've seen since the bye week are all the result of the work of um, Ben Johnson, Dan Campbell, and Jared Goff working together to create the change. And this where we talk about uh, Goff being the fourth in the NFL and pass rating. Absolutely. He is an efficiency guy. They're building to that, but they're building plays that work. The addition of Josh Reynolds, it took a while to integrate him into the offense, into the playbook, and then also build out the different plays and so on. What you're seeing is, again, the job interview and the result of the work of Ben, ben Johnson, uh, Dan Campbell, and Jared Goff together. And I would expect to see ongoing improvements in this area as we go forward. There you go. There's some Chris Dust right here. That's some big stuff. I'm glad you included Goff into that because I can tell you he has had input in the playbook and input on what he finds more comfortable, what he thinks he can and cannot do with the personnel that he's got. Um, and that is important. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right about Johnson. Um, we, we, we might've actually heard it from the same source. I don't know about that. I don't know who your source is, but I've heard that much the same thing that like sources. Ben Johnson, his, his fingerprints are on the last two weeks specifically, yep. um, since Goff has come back. And that is not lost on 
other people in the building. It takes time, right? I mean, you can't just draw up the play in your hand and then have the the, the players run it, right? It's not backyard football. Right. You have to you have to kind of dream up the play. You have to build it. You have to build the route trees and everything with it. Then you have to train it into the players and, and into the quarterback. They have to inculcate it. They have to ensure they, they have it memorized. They run the roots exactly right. It takes time. We're starting to see the fruits. It's of, one of the things right, that, that Dan Campbell has talked about in press conferences the last three weeks. The timing, the attention to detail in the offense, in the passing offense, from how the line are blocking it, how they like know when to let go after three or four seconds, let the guy go past so Goff can step up into the void, which he's done a better job of doing, by the way. Yep. And and like like if if you got to make the break at eight yards, you're making it with the same leg on the inside every time. Instead of sometimes you're on the inside leg, sometimes you're on the outside leg, and that, that impacts your break. That's one of the things that they've worked very hard on, specifically with one of the tight ends, uh, TJ Hawkinson. And you will notice the touchdown pass that he caught in that game was an absolute solid gold all-pro George Kittle route. Yep. And he hasn't always had that laser of a focus to detail. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say that he's not trying it, but that was like if, if he breaks off the left leg instead of the right leg on that route, it doesn't give the the defensive back the same look, and it allows that safety to creep over just a little bit more because, like, oh, I know he's going here because of how his legs are. Like if they're watching that or they're watching his hips and shoulders. He sold that so well, mm-hmm. and Goff put that ball dead on the money. That is that is not by accident. That is by design. And the the, the play the touchdown pass to Brock Wright is a perfect example of that. That is a throw that Jared Goff does not make in week one. He does not make that in week eight. He doesn't make that in week eleven. He makes that in week thirteen because he understands. He trusts his receivers more. He trusts the whole spacing of the offense and that the guys are going to be where they need to be to make that play work. It was the exact same play that Iowa ran against Michigan the night before, and you saw Iowa's quarterback wet the bed and throw it over his head. Um, the receiver also didn't do a very good job of it, the tight end for Iowa. But uh, that was – God, that, that was – that play really, like, that one honestly was my favorite play of the game. I, I know they won on a touchdown pass. That play showed me that they are learning as a team how they can win and that they're not overly reliant on DeAndre Swift. They're not overly reliant on on TJ Hawkinson to be the only tight end on the team. That was a phenomenal play to me. I love that play. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look, like I said, I keep telling you, Riz, this, this journalism stuff is easy. It t- they, they were talking about. <laughs> Bur- uh, I'm not a journalist. I'm a gadfly. <laughs> uh, well, no, you, you are, Riz. You know, you know how much I respect what you do. But like Burkett was really pressing about Ben Johnson today, right? He's starting to get a sniff of it as, as well versus a bunch of other credentialed people who are just writing about other people's tweets. Right. I mean, there's there's journalism. There's people who do it for a job and there's people who for, do it for EP. And, you know, I could do it for a hobby. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not bitter. Riz. I'm not bitter. <laughs> All right. So that's what's going on. <laughs> that's Go what's from going Chris on. Dust to Chris stole meth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crystallized view. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I want to go on. Uh, Sean McVay has never won a playoff game or a division title without Jared Goff. Boom. Accomplished Jack 7036. <laughs> Only facts here on this channel. Only facts, baby. All right. Uh, hey, they got, a, they got a big game this week that we will want to watch. By the way, yeah. they're playing the Cardinals this yeah. week. The yeah, Cardinals win that game. game. They have all but sewn up the NFC West. 
And Sonoff's such a nice pick. Such a nice pick. I So we talked about this at Miller's. I guess we could talk about We're going to talk about the draft in a little bit. I'll, I'll put this out through that. Um, I do want to hit on Jerry Jacobs. Jerry Jacobs had a spectacular day. Please uh, go tweet hashtag pro, pro bowl vote. And then uh, his, his um, underscore lol Jerry. Um, please tweet that. That's his, that's your pro bowl vote from the fans. Get Jerry. I don't think he's, you know, look, I don't think he's going to make it because he's an UDFA on a team that has a one win record right now. Um, but let's get it out there and support this guy. I want to tell you something beyond just the great play he's been doing, though. Um, as you know, when we interviewed him uh, in the because, again, we know all and we interviewed him in the offseason uh, during training camp um, and, and started telling his story and sharing his story. He talked about how his mom had passed when he was 11. His dad wasn't in his life. He lost his mom when he was 11 years old. He has started the Alice Jacobs Foundation in her name, and it's, it's he's starting a little small, um, but it's 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 big heart for sure. He's taking a family shopping in the Atlanta area for Christmas and giving them a Christmas that they wouldn't otherwise have. And um, you know he doesn't have a giant contract right now, right? But he's gone out and he started this. I I I, I was talking yeah. to him. I said, "Do you do you want us to help? I'll, I'll drop some money right now, and I know I can get some other folks to help out. I don't care that it's in Atlanta. Let's go help some folks out." He's like, "No, no, I'm just doing this one right now, and he's getting it started. But keep your eyes open on Jerry." I, this is a guy who, look, he's he's given us a lot of joy and, and given us of himself. He's going to be on the show again real soon here. We got him. We're talking about exactly how the, the, the schedules line up. But he's given us a lot. If you get a chance and he opens up those doors, let's make sure we support the Alice Jacobs Foundation and help Jerry's help. Uh, help Jerry help the people near where he grew up. The guy that grows up, you know, without a dad and losing his mom at 11. That's He's overcome a lot to get to where he is. And his story is something special. Let's uh, just keep our eyes open and help him out. And even even if you just publicize it on Twitter, just tweet at him and say, hey, great stuff on the Alice Jacobs stuff. Best of luck to you. If you want any help, always tell him if you want help, we're here. We're here. We're here. So there you go. All right. The Diamond CBD injury report and analysis by Diamond CBD. You go to CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Pain, anxiety, and insomnia, which I've had for different reasons because of the Chris, I have all these problems. (laughs) All of them. Head to (laughs) CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Get all the fix. I was talking to a guy who got his his gummies from somewhere else, his Delta 8 gummies, and was not as happy. They didn't work. He's like, these are not the... The Diamond CBD ones, the stuff from Diamond CBD is top quality CBD, uh, pain, anxiety, insomnia, and the stuff Delta eight, take one of the Delta eight, or if Delta eight isn't available or legal in your state, you can go to the active CBD that has very much the same kind of thing. Get your buzz going. Uh, if you use coupon code lions, what better coupon code lions, they'll give you 55% off and they run some good sales, even bigger than that. The cream is awesome. I've been using that. It's uh, Riz Newbie. He was feeling my muscles while I was. Uh, I was. <laughs> I, I absolutely was. That was that was weird. <laughs> that cream helps so much after the workout. I'm telling you, CBD that Detroit Lions Podcast Get yours. Get 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 everything right. All right, all right. Let's talk about it. The big, you know, it's early in the week to talk about the injury report, but I think the number one thing on the report this week is the flu. Are you there? Sick, were Chris? nine players out today. Uh, I'll, I'll read through it because I have it up. I pulled it up. So, Michael Brockers, Jared Goff, Jonah Jackson, Julian Okwara, John Penasini, Jalen Rees, Maben, DeAndre Swift, Halapula Vadi Vaitai, and Nick Williams were all out from practice. They didn't even actually hold a formal practice today. They hold a walkthrough because they're, they're paranoid that more people are going to get sick. Of those guys, 
Four of five of them were listed with illness. That includes Penasini, who missed Sunday's game because he was sick. Goff was sick on Sunday. He talked about it in this press conference today. Um, he also missed today. It's not COVID. They have confirmed that it's not COVID. The only person on the COVID list is starting center Evan Brown. And from what I understand, don't expect him Sunday. Uh, that's all I can say on that. But uh, expect Ryan McCollum to be your starting center in Denver, um, which is suboptimal. Um, but the illness that's going around is, has been described. Dan Campbell called it flu-like, and and that that's that's pretty accurate from from what the people who were there today told me. Um, they were. Um, this was one of those days where people were voluntarily wearing masks around the facility. If that gives you any idea of how how the Lions are, are they split with the practices, right, right? They split the offense and defense into two different they practices. Did. To they help absolutely prevent did. Spread. Yeah, and uh, the the meetings they did not. Um, they had the the film room and the there's only one meeting room that I know of that is shared between different things, and they disinfected it completely in between meeting rooms or, or groups. So. That tells you that they're they're taking this seriously, but it's not good. Like it, it, it it's just not good. So um, not all those guys were were listed with with uh, illness. Um, actually, Michael Brockers was listed with knee and illness, so that makes six. Um, the guys who were injured who were out: Jalen Reese Maven with his shoulder, DeAndre Swift with his shoulder, and Julian Okwara with his ankle. Swift is not new news. This is a lingering injury. I personally do not expect him to play on Sunday. That's my guess. That's my speculation. I don't know that. But I will be surprised if I see him in Denver. Uh, I, that's that's all I will say. Because the Lions want a game. So, Sam, man, what do you think? You think he uh, Goff is the guy that steps past the flu or the sickness in, in, uh, and plays in Denver? I think he'll play. I think he'll play. I you know, that's a gnarly list of players that are sick, though. And I can see why the line, like, they lose one or two more guys and, you know, we're, we're running a risk of not fielding a team or fielding a team of people playing out of position. I mean, we're basically one center away from that happening now. Um, you know, and that's... Do we even that, have a backup backup center? I don't think we do. Backup. I think, backup. You know, it's, I, backup, I think right? it's time to see if... Uh, if Penasini can play center, you know, <laughs> put some beef in there. <laughs> see, Dan, Dan Skipper sure as hell ain't. Parker Ainger cannot play center. I've I have actually seen that. Uh, those are the only two defense, the uh, only two offensive linemen on the practice squad right now. That's that's not good, folks. <laughs> I mean, uh, get Sewell down I mean, there. D- yeah, do you snapping. just put Sewell over there? Like, screw it. He's been doing good everywhere else. He'll he was also listed as with an illness today and limited. Um, also with his shoulder. And by the way, if you want to feel good about Panay Sewell, uh, listen to Dan Campbell's press conference today when he talked about how Panay Sewell went up to him on Saturday and said, I'm playing. Oh, he didn't He didn't, didn't hit the bitch, but he could have. Um, like, <laughs> I'm playing. Like, I don't care that my shoulder hurts. I don't care that it's not 100%. I'm playing. Yeah. I mean, they talked about how during all the interviews that that was one of the things that sold them on Sewell, not just his incredible play on the field, but his incredible want to be better and to be the best and you can't be the best if you're not on the field no that's why the the physical comparisons to greg robinson were 100 accurate 
the mental and football comparisons to Greg Robinson made no sense whatsoever. Yeah. And they, they have proven that. So I, I am very happy it's, that, uh, that it's only the physical part. It's early <laughs> in his career, but he is so far absolutely justified his, his positional, his pick. He has, uh, he's, he, he's been great. And, and since he moved to right tackle, he's been almost perfect. He did give up a sack Sunday. Uh, but he, he uh, since he moved, he is Pro Football Focus's number two overall tackle, left or right, since he moved to right tackle. I think they got that one right. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> let's let's talk about this really quick. Um, it, it, well, let's maybe not make it quick. Let's talk about this. <laughs> we'll go past cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Coupon code Lions. Get your CBD needs there. I'm telling you, you're not going to find the same kind of quality elsewhere. Um, we are users of everything we talk about in the show we don't just put spam stuff out there I, you know it's right here right i mean i got my the cream i use right um, we use everything <laughs> we talk about we don't put anything out there we don't believe in okay i want to talk about the wins right we got a win what's the first you know valenti in professional he's starting to get scared because maybe next year there could be something the year after he could be out of a job because he's got nothing to talk about and he showed you exactly what he's going to be when this team does finally turn around he was complaining about a win um, really? Yeah, he was. He found he was oh, negative about man. it. So here's the thing, and people are talking about this, and I was I was surprised actually at how quickly better, it man. popped up in the subreddit and in the the chats around the other places, which is why you should go to Patreon and be a Patreon Slack chatter because you'll have you'll have a much better life. Um, number one or number three in the draft based on if we get some wins, Riz. I know you've got some done some draft analysis early. I haven't done it. I wait till after the season and, and really get prepping for Senior Bowl before I start doing my research. Where I sit right now, I kind of don't care. There isn't Trevor Lawrence at the top of the draft to take. There's not this <laughs> massive generational talent drop if you're not the number one overall pick in this draft. I'm okay, I kind I think, and I want you to tell me with the, the, the drop-off of talent, I'm okay kind of picking three or four if we get those kind of wins. I don't think we will, right? But if we do, I want people to kind of think about it and just kind of get this out of their head. Or maybe not. You tell us what the talent is. But I want people to get it out of their head that if we win, we're going to wreck everything, and the draft is going to be an absolute disaster. Am I right? A second or third pick instead of one overall is just fine? You're fine um, in the first round, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You do lose out a little bit in the second and the third round, and the number the number thirty three and the number sixty five picks, and those picks are traded more often than they're used historically. Mm-hmm. So you're losing a little bit of potential value there. But at the top of the draft, like like look, Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau. They're both going to be really good NFL players. They are different styles of players, yep. by the way. Yep. And I, I wonder how the Lions are going to view that, and I don't know that. Um, I will tell you this, and, and I feel very confident about this, especially after a radio show I did today. If the Houston Texans get the chance, they are taking Aiden Hutchinson, like, 1,000%. So if, he's, if, if they win number one and they're the most likely team to get the number one pick, aside from Detroit, Aiden Hutchinson is going to Houston. They want their they want their JJ Watt replacement, right? They want JJ back. Is really what they're looking for. In, in absolutely, yep. and they call him Wolverine Watt in Houston already. Yep. Um, my boy Cody Stutz has already he copped that nickname. <laughs> um, he actually asked 
Um, <laughs> he, he asked Hutchinson about that on the air, and, and Hutchinson was like, oh, I, I, I can like it. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, and, and this is something, uh, and the people in the Slack will know, so I can share this now. I talked with a, a Texan staffer in late October before a football, a college football game, and he told me at that point that Aiden Hutchinson was the number one player on their board, and it, that will not change. So uh, if you're hell-bent on getting just Aiden Hutchinson, you probably want the Lions to lose. If you're okay with Kayvon Thibodeau, if you're okay with Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, who will be my number one overall player, mm. and in terms of player rating – now, that doesn't mean you take him at number one. You don't take a safety number one. You nope. might not take a safety number three. I, I, I don't know. But, God, do we it, need a safety? Uh, just you know, Oh, God. If we're God, number yes, three, yes, we yes. may have a good chance to, to trade down to a point where you do back a safety, though. And, I mean, and it's and a lot that's more certainly something there. to consider. If you're not in the market for a quarterback, and right now the, the general group think in draft analyst world is that there's not a not a quarterback that's going to go in the top 10. I kind of disagree with that. I think that you're going to see Kenny Pickett bubble up. I think you're going to see Matt Coral bubble up. Um, but I I don't know if the Lions are there or not. I Kenny really don't. Pickett, we're not playing with many balls here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, this, Aren't we? His hand, his hand measurement is going to be the most eagerly awaited thing out of um, him and, and Jordan Davis's weight, the, the Georgia nose tackle and what he weighs, are going to be the two most important things that you hear out of the combine this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like everybody's going to be on pins and needles. What was his hand size? Is it eight and a quarter? Is it really eight and a quarter? Like he's mm-hmm. six foot four. And he's got eight and a quarter hands. Oh my god! Is he a Smurf? Like, <laughs> like that, that, that's, that's kind of scary. I, a combat sec. Really yeah, one, really one, quick one two, three. Um, they're not Daryl Stingley from from LSU. The other cornerback um, is that highly regarded. I don't see him going in the top five. Um, for anybody, including Detroit, not just not just because Detroit doesn't really need a corner because Jerry has sacked up, but also because Detroit took Jeff Okuda, and that has not worked to this point. Oh. And Stingley and Okuda are very comparable to one another, mm-hmm. um, which on, on the flip side of that, and I'll diverge just a second, if you're really down on Jeff Okuda, listen to all the good things that are being said about Daryl Stingley because those are the exact same qualities that Jeff Okuda had coming out of Ohio State. And if he ever recaptures them, damn, they're going to be good. Um, I want to I want to talk about like who who would who, who would trade up. I mean, there's a combination of things, and this is one of the things. Right. That I, I, I so who would about. trade up? Well, the problem is that they're not trading up for quarterback. You could you, like, you, right. nobody's moving up for a quarterback this year, and right. that's a problem. But the thing is, is it's it's a package kind of a thing, and and I haven't you know, put the, the list together. But one of the things we have is that second first round pick as well. And we'd like yes. to move that to a point where maybe you pick up a Malik Willis. I'm not saying Jared Goff doesn't oh, God, play next no. year. No, I'm just telling you, you may, you may pick up a Malik Willis. Um, there's, there's some other people out there that you may want to move up for and, and, and find from that, that Rams. I would take well. Sam Howell. I would take, I and wouldn't take Carson other, Strong because his knee is a disaster area. The reason I, I say take, Malik is because he, if I will, I'm not sure that was, was the right word, but he's complimentary to Jared Goff. I think you think of like the Saints kind of way where, you, and again, Tavon Hill is no like, superstar. Like Taysom Hill. Yeah, Taysom Hill is no, no superstar, but you you have a complimentary. He's kind so of, bad, Chris. They're paying him forty million dollars, and he's not even a starting running back. That's a big. They've made big oh mistakes. Oh my god! But the the dual quarterback threat is a thing. I'm telling you, it's a thing Dude's in the NFL. Got pictures of people with goats somewhere. The idea that they would pick somebody like that and run him next to Goff and see what they got. I don't believe that they don't. 
pick a quarterback two years in a row, to be honest with you. Um, there's a lot of a lean into having two different quarterbacks with two different kill, skill sets right now. And look, the the, the it's early that's, that's in true. that kind of a trend in the NFL, but what you see is these trends start. Like the RPO came back, and then all of a sudden everybody was doing it, right? I wouldn't put that past a team because the Lions are trying to look ahead rather than do the Patricia look back to the 1986 Giants to build that team, right? So I'm just saying it's a it's a plausible it's a plausible situation a plausible scenario to where they would package up the trades to move around and the other part is is brad holmes is just simply magic in those mid rounds he knows what he's doing he's done a lot of good there i feel like that's his wheelhouse and to stock up on a whole ton of picks in that spot especially when there's just not i mean you got hutchinson and you got thibodeau Beyond that, what's that super generational must-have guy at number three overall that's going to be so much more impactful on your team than at 16, right? I mean, there's going to be a difference in quality of the players, but look, we need a freaking safety. I might rather have, I'm just making up numbers here, five more picks in this draft in the mid-rounds and a later first-round pick to get my safety and get a whole bunch of other talent because that's going to do a hell of a lot more for a team that's playing Jared Goff as their quarterback next year then the, the the fewer number of picks is as things stand now. So I'm again, it's a scenario. Are they doing it? I'm not saying that that's what they're doing, right? I'm just saying it's a plausible scenario. And as we get to, to kind of look at things, we'll see how that plays out. I buy that. Thank I you. do. Um, just look at, there's a lot of teams that have a lot of multiple picks, the jets, the Eagles, yep. Yep. and is it the giants that also have two first round picks? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Um, Which means a lot two- of teams that don't have first round picks. Right. That are going to be hungry. And that's where having 33 versus 34, 35 yep. can come into play. Yep. Um, so if if you're somebody who wants trade action, I don't think the number one pick is going to get traded. I don't think the number two or number three pick is going to get traded. I really don't. Um, and, and that's a function of not having a quarterback at the top. That's just the way that works. Yep. But that 33 through 36 rank really – Let's say the Rams pick, I think they're at 24 right now, I want to say. Let's say they stay. Let's say the Rams The Rams are going to make the playoffs. Um, that That's pretty clear. Right now, Washington is going to make the playoffs. Right now, Minnesota is only a half game out of the playoffs. Other than Jacksonville, the Rams have a tough go. I, I don't think they won't make the playoffs, but it's, again, I'm just talking plausible. So, it's plausible right. they freaking miss. So let, let, let's say Denver that they make down. the playoffs and they <laughs> lose in the first round to Dallas by 30, and that could absolutely happen. Um, and so that would give them the number 22, 20, depending on who comes out of the AFC playoffs and loses in that first round, they're going to be between 21 and 23 mm-hmm. overall. Yep. You pair that with the Lions first round pick at 34, 35, 36, and a third round pick or a fourth round pick. And that gets you up to 10, 9, 12, where Patrick Mahomes was taken. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that's, that's the blueprint that you're looking at. If you like, if you really like uh, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, um, Matt Corral, at that point, that's where you make that move. I, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I have no idea. I don't, I, honestly, I don't know what I would do yet, Chris and Andy. I don't. I haven't looked at him enough, but it, I will say this. Having been around John Dorsey and watching him run drafts in Cleveland, if he sees somebody that he likes, he's going for it. Mm -hmm. Like, he doesn't care what the cost is. He's going for it. 
And that's the way that Brad Holmes has the organization that he comes from in Los Angeles. They're going for it. Now, we're going to see the flip side of that this weekend in that they traded Von Miller to to, – to Los Angeles and Denver for, for Kenny Young. Like, Kenny Young has been a revolutionary force for the Denver defense. That's one of the reasons why I think Denver's going to win this weekend and why the Lions' win streak is only going to be at one because that guy has made a massive difference because the 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 the, 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 the Rams were chasing the clout of, like, oh, Von Miller. Like, nothing is Von Miller, not disparaging Von Miller in any way. He's a great player, mm-hmm. but the – the Broncos probably got the better end of that deal, and they get a draft pick out of it, too. There's the aggressiveness that Holmes comes from from his background and the aggressiveness that Dorsey comes from his background and chasing after the quarterback tells me that if they really like one, they are going to get one. I don't know who it will be. I don't know where it will be. I don't think it will be with their first pick, but I think you'll see some combination of their second, third, and a leader pick that will do that if they like one. They're going to do it. Mm -hmm. I I have very little doubt in my mind about that. And there's always the fear, right, that you pass on a quarterback in this draft that maybe you could have had a Justin Herbert or, you know, you're the guy you want, whoever it is, Matt Corral or whatever. And then next year, the Lions somehow win eight games via their defense, via whatever. And And now they're they're out. Now they're completely out of range. Jared Goff's contract is better but still not great. Maybe he plays well enough moving forward that we don't mind having him around. But what if we want to move on from Jared Goff at that point? Then where are the Lions? Then the Lions are in a weird spot where maybe they've got talent everywhere else, but you know, and everyone else in the league knows, you do not win in the NFL without a quarterback. There's the reason that the Rams spent so much capital to go get Stafford on the hopes that he would just put them over the edge. You know, there's tons of teams that do that. I would hate for the Lions to be in that position where all of a sudden we're, you know, signing a, a backup, uh, you know, or somebody in hopes that they're good enough to play. And that's what's holding us back as quarterback. Play. Conversely, we're getting though, Baker Mayfield is his discard. We're getting Mason Rudolph. Conversely, though, we <laughs> yeah. had Matthew Stafford for a decade. And he kept us at that same eight win mark and we couldn't get the talent we needed to push it over the top. So it's, it's, that's what makes the NFL so difficult, right? Is it's where you trade off. Absolutely. You can't win without a quarterback. No question about it. And, and that's going to be the one that's going to be interesting to interesting calculus to try to figure out really quick flounder. Andy, you look good, brother. Chris, congratulations on <laughs> uh, clearing the stretch goal for St. Jude. Way to go, fam. Thank you, flounder for the super chat. Paul Carlin straight up, uh, just, uh, no, no message, just some money. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you guys with the super chat. That's really, really great. Paul Carlin, active in the chat. Very kind of you to send that. All right. Um, so I want to go kind of to the, the, the last point of this. Uh, beyond the draft position overall, is there any reason literally not to win, Risden? Because I think every win this team gets this year from this point forward means more than whatever it does to that draft pick. You don't tell learn you, to it, win more by losing. I know of a very intelligent person who said that on Twitter once. I was just going to say, I, I said that to Huge uh, on the Huge show yesterday in my, my or Monday in my weekly appearance. And I'll say it again tomorrow on my weekly, my, my bi-weekly appearance. What is it? Twice weekly is not bi-weekly. That's like crap. I don't know my I don't know, know my prefixes. I should know these things. Um, <laughs> I will tell him again. And he agreed with it. And he's right. And I'm right. 
Nobody ever got better at winning by losing more. Mm-hmm. Does not happen. Because if you continue to lose, that means you are further away from what one impact player can get you than you want to be. Like if if you're if you're three was it three thirteen and one, um, which is probably the best case scenario for this this team this year three thirteen and one. That's a that that means you're a hell of a lot better than you were at at o and o sixteen and one or one fifteen and one. It proves that you you didn't just catch Minnesota with their coach having a brain fart, which they absolutely did, uh, <laughs> and, and that that thank God for that. Oh, he's getting um, fired. I, and, I, and so, by the way, if you want to hear my, my soliloquy on coaching mistakes around the league, download the huge podcast from, from the huge show. Um, I, I, because I went into it about all the different coaching mistakes in the last couple of weeks. Um, it's not a Dan Campbell problem. It Well, Dan Campbell has a problem with it. Probably not in the way you think he does. He's certainly not alone in making bad decisions and in play calling and choices around the league. And uh, I, I think that kind of gets lost. I, one of the things, Chris and, and Andy, we've actually both had this conversation independently. One of my big gripes about Lions fans is that they don't pay attention to the rest of the NFL very well. They yep. don't do it as well as other fan bases do. Yep. I don't think most Lions fans have an idea of just how bad some coaches make in-game decisions around the league. Right. It's not just a Dan Campbell problem. It is. A, I will. I will wear the the Browns hat for a second. Kevin Stefanski is the reigning NFL coach of the year, and he won that award popularly. He, I can point to two direct decisions that have directly cost that Browns team a loss this year. They should be eight and four. They're six and six because Kevin Stefanski did not know what the hell he was doing in game, game situation, game scenario choices. It's uh, not just a Dan Campbell problem. So we saw it with my, Mike my Zimmer, hope is that he will grow with that. Let's go right to it. Mike Zimmer's been a coach forever. Forever. And throughout the NFL, he's got all the experience in the world. Why we are you saw playing him this game. off? We saw him make <laughs> just the most costly decisions this game. It happens. It happens. Nobody's perfect. If we stood over you and watched every move you made at your job every day, I mean, it wouldn't happen for me, but if it was all you. All you people who laugh Sean McVay's nuts on a week-to-week basis, he directly cost that team a chance to win yep. one week ago. Yeah. Direct, like you can say, Sean McVay cost his Rams a chance to win because of the choices he made in that game. Was it the only reason? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't also the only reason why why the, the Vikings lost this week. The Lions happened to have made some plays too, and that I think that gets a little bit lost for some people too. Yep. Big question, Sam, man, in the chat: Does the carpet match the drapes? <laughs> God, I, I, so. I, die, I die both. <laughs> he, he doesn't. He's no halfway. He doesn't do hardwood that. floors, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Tile floors. Um, <laughs> Waxed. <laughs> I might be adding Sandman to my spank bank right now. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I want to deal with this. Like, like a like a college hallway, baby. <laughs> wow. That's good. This is why we're friends, Andy. <laughs> oh, um, big thanks to everyone who's doing the super chats, you guys. That means a lot. It does help support the show a great deal. So thank you for those super chats. Also, I got to hit the Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. It's that season. 
Oh, wait, I think. Oh, I don't have it. Oh, yeah, I do. Right here. It's the holiday season and my balls <laughs> need squeezing. Head to Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com and get yourself. <laughs> get that pencil working, Riz. <laughs> get yourself anything you need, all your holiday needs. I don't care if it's Christmas lights, it's gifts, whatever. Head on over there. It'll take you straight to their website. It's a little extra typing, but oh, we appreciate it. Right. Shit. They give us a little piece. <laughs> Of the pie. <laughs> uh, it doesn't cost you any more. It takes it out of Bezos' pocket and puts it out on our pocket. It's not a lot, but it's a small percentage. And it helps us do all the things we do. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Thank you so much, everyone who's done this. We really, really appreciate it. Um, okay. Oh, also, I just have to say there's two new things in our merch store. DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store. Yes! Please hype this, Chris. <laughs> the one I got this, I, I was like, I need this for Senior Bowl. I need it for Senior Bowl, 100%. So there's a suitcase. There's a cabin suitcase. It's called a cabin because it's a carry-on size. It's the maximum size allowed that fits in all planes. Is a carry-on bag, hard-sided, roller bag, telescoping thing with a sweet, sweet logo on the front. So I got one of those. But what Riz is talking about is the magic. And I've got one coming. I'll show it on the air. The new Detroit Lions podcast can koozies. They have the sweet logo on it. They're, they're Honolulu blue. They're the slim koozies, so they work for your... Your trulies and your white claws and all that, but also regular ski patrols. They do expand to regular <laughs> size beer can size as well, so it's 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 good for both. Takes care of both. They are awesome. Yes, they deliver to Scotland, uh, Paul. So have fun with that. DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store. Some great new stuff. The shirts there. I mean, the retro shirts are killer. There's a lot of really really good stuff. So check that out as well. Had to hit that. All right, let's look ahead to the Broncos. Riz, I'm gonna we now that we're in the hunt. At one in ten, because 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 the Lions won a game. Hey, <laughs> We're in the hunt. We got to watch out for the trap game. We've got we've got the Broncos ahead. <laughs> trap game. I love it. I love it. <laughs> we've got the Broncos ahead, and in in more honest, you know, in because that's you know who I am. Um, I have not spent a lot of time on the Broncos this year, so I'm really, really relying on you and Sam and what you guys have watched to help me figure out. All I know is they don't have Von Miller anymore. <laughs> help me help me take an analysis and a look at this game. What do we have coming up here? The Broncos would be the best team in the AFC if they had a quarterback. Their, the rest of their roster is really, really good. Ooh, that's that's Andy's biggest fear. Not. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, fear. honestly – you know, they traded away Von Miller and people were like, why would you do that? They don't really need him. They don't really need him. No. Like, they're fine without him. You know, just like uh, Jeff just said, you know, uh, they had any sort of B-rated quarterback. They would be crushing people right now. What's holding them back is Teddy Bridgewater. That's exactly Absolutely. right. Absolutely. And I hate that because I like Teddy, but he is not getting it done. So I, I will I will cop this. I have done two different Broncos podcasts this week, and I've also done our behind-the-scenes interview with our Broncos Wire editor, John Heath. Hi, John. Uh, and all three of them came up with, within two points of the exact same score prediction. They all had the Broncos scoring 23 or 24 points and the Lions scoring 16 or 17 points. And I'm not going to argue with any of those. I... Uh, Look, I'm I'm very happy with that we won last week. This is a different animal. If Teddy doesn't make mistakes, the Lions aren't going to win this game. Like they're they're going to have to, they're going to have to do things differently than they did against Minnesota. Minnesota had some mental gas. 
Vic Fangio, their, the, the Broncos head coach, has done a really admirable job this year of salvaging his position because he went into this year in the same status that Matt Nagy was in Chicago. And I think if you go to the, the Bears subreddit, if you go to on Twitter and ask any Bears fan, they're like, can we please – they don't want to just fight. It's like Matt Patricia last year. They don't just want him fired. They want him punished, like, for his <laughs> sins against football. Like, Fangio has wormed his way out of that because he's done a pretty good job. Their defense, their secondary specifically, is really good, and they're really smart. One of the things that they've done a really good job of is drafting smart football players. It's one of the reasons why I like what Brad Holmes and and and, uh, and Dan Campbell have talked about, getting smart football players, guys who understand it. Like, Will Harris would not play in Denver because, like, look, I love Will Harris, and he's a smart guy off the field, but on the field he has the instincts of a wet slug, and that doesn't fly in Denver. Like, if you don't understand what's going to happen to you during a play – you don't play. Their defense is really savvy. They're quick. They're smart. They tackle well. They, they're good at bringing different pressures. They stop the run. They tackle well in space. This is a team that doesn't beat itself defensively. And other than their quarterback, they don't beat themselves offensively either. They do commit a hell of a lot of penalties on the offensive line, but that's, that's the cost of doing business when Garrett Bowles is your, your tackle. That's um, the, the guys. The guys a holding machine, um, and, and I can tell you right now, Lions fans are going to be really pissed off that he doesn't get twenty holds in this game because he's going to commit twenty holds. He's going to call for one or two. <laughs> but th- this this is a game that the Lions are going to have to steal a score or two from Denver to win. That's, yeah, because that's a good football team on the other side of the ball. Yeah, they'll need like a Teddy Bridgewater random fumble where he goes to throw it and it slips out. Or, and that can happen. Yeah, and that can't that absolutely can happen. But yeah, no, I like straight up a game against a game, it's not a game. It's yeah, not a game. It, yeah, they're just gonna but that being said, you know, we've seen this year in, year out. It's the NFL. Anything can happen. Dan Campbell and the coaching staff could come in with some sort of weird game plan that throws the Broncos off, throws Teddy off of his game, and that's all it that's all it will take. The one so. thing about the Broncos that I do know is they are absolutely inconsistent. You have no idea who the hell is going to show up on game day. You're right, Riz. They are. They're, they're, they're a great team. But they just have dog shit showings. They just show up and play like crap sometimes. And I, They it, do. And it's, it's weird how they do it, too. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. And that's what we're hoping for, right? Have either of you guys um, ever golfed, and not golf, golfed in Colorado? Oh, yeah. Have you, you know the, the phenomenon where you can go down three clubs because the ball sails so damn far? Yes. Ooh. Jared Goff, his downfield ball. You watch. There's some Chris dust coming on. <laughs> you watch how far. I, mean, I, I would just be aware because <laughs> their safeties, Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons, are really, really they, – they might be the best tandem in the league. They've never played they, against Jared Goff. They, they, <laughs> That, that that's that's probably, the factually, <laughs> that's probably factually true. Jerichoff hasn't played them either. Yeah, <laughs> two sides um, to that coin. And, and by the way, um, the only I will say this, and I am not fluffing Jerry in any way. The only rookie cornerback who has been better on a week to week basis than than Jerry Jacobs is Patrick Sertain of the Broncos. He is really really good on the outside. You know, and and I'll tell you what, I have no problem 
Fluff and Jerry, um, because he's a he's a he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He, I mean, just look. There, there's the fanboy so stuff, but he and I, yeah. we've got some ongoing conversations. He is just a, a really, really wonderful human being. And I, and I, you know, even like same man. I'll, when people are great people, I have no problem telling people how awesome they are. And uh, he's one of those kind of guys. Just, just so you know. Um, I appreciated Riz's Real GM article, and and let's give some love to Real GM and the and the love that they give to Riz. He's been there forever. Uh, Two thousand four, po- baby. <laughs> <laughs> pointing out that Campbell was not the only head coach who made ba- made made bad play calls this past week. Yeah, your Real GM stuff, Riz. I don't want to. How do I put this? It's not. It's it's great writing. I don't want to say it's your best writing, but it. I love the form, the long form, longer form that you get to do there, and the way you you think out what you're doing. Real GM, your real GM stuff. I love that. Your lines wire stuff Thank is all you. great. It's all great work, right? But I just I'm a I'm kind of the long form, old school it's, kind of guy. It's you different. know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I will freely cop it. It's inspired by Peter King. It's inspired by. Um, for the two Cleveland listeners who listen, the late great Hal Lebovitz of the originally the Cleveland Press, and then later the the Lorraine Morning Journal, which was my local paper when I was a kid, um, I was very heavily inspired by him, and he he wrote a thing that's called a, a little bit of this and a little bit of that every Sunday, and it would go into like it would start with one paragraph and it would turn into eight about a subject, and that's that's exactly where I'm at. And Terry Pluto from the Cleveland Plain Dealer, who's written a ton of books that are fantastic reads as well, um, is a big influence on it. And that that's where I'm emulating that. And I I, I thank you for the kind words on that. Yep, yep, for sure. Um, Sandman, what's your what's your prediction for the the Bronx? Oh, we lost Andy. Andy muted himself. I see. No, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I was drinking. A, I was drinking a loud cola. I thought I was unmuted. <laughs> he can't stop no. staring at himself. He was kind of just like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think Jeff's. You know what he was talking about is probably going to be pretty close. Twenty four, seventeen. You know, seventeen, ten. But I also, to be completely honest, wouldn't be shocked, depending on who's out because of illness or whatever's going on this week. Not a lot of practicing happening at uh, Allen Park to see a like a 34-10 game. It wouldn't shock me to see like one or one or two defensive touchdowns by the Broncos. Just put that baby over the top and uh, I wouldn't be shocked by it. I also wouldn't be shocked to see the Lions win a weird game, you know. 20 to, they, 20 they to 17 or something weird. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, it's hard to say. Just just for reference, right now, the line, um, I'm looking at Odd Shark, which is a good aggregator. Almost everybody's at 8.5, and almost everybody has the money line at 110. So there you go. Money line for the um, Broncos? For the Broncos, Minus yeah. 10. I got, let me just check here really quick. And that they come, so Odd Shark, um, they're they're a great aggregator. They don't you can't actually bet with them, at least that I know of. Right, right. But they show like Bovada bet online, every game sports betting bet now, my bookie. Um, I'm looking at quite a few things here. Yep. Um, uh, for those of you who, who wish to support my my Lions career, I've go to typico.com. I don't think it's legal in most states, but uh, <laughs> and their interface sucks. But uh, <clears throat> I'm beholden to use them. Um. <laughs> I, I bet the Lions money line two ninety plus two ninety. Okay. Um I, I, I couldn't I was in Michigan and because they took away our sports betting, I fired up my DraftKings. I just I I bet as far into the future as I could. I got so many different bets. I By got, the way, Ohio passed sports gambling today. You'll be legally allowed to wager in uh, Ohio. 
Um, as soon as this gets signed by Mike DeWine, their governor, and he's indicated that he will sign it. So yeah, and then they got to build the apps for it. It takes the, what I learned in Florida is yeah. it was approved, and then and there was a little bit of a. a, a a lawsuit that they wanted to bumble up, but it took them about a month to get the app, the first app up. The app was up. It was good for four weeks and they shut it down on me. And now that will be the only as you ever, ever see on any sports program. We always see now is that don't let the outsiders come in and take over betting in Florida. Don't really? let the, yeah, don't let the casinos. Da, da, da. It's the casinos that are running the ads, the existing casinos, because they don't want the competition of the, the online sports betting as a thing. It's, yep. it's, it's ridiculous. Well, it's, be ready to see JB Smoove as Caesar. Yeah, like he's 8, all over. Oh, my God, it's the worst. I love JB Smoove. I hate those commercials. They're terrible. I hate Yeah, I, I'm with you. I like him a lot. Uh, he's those ads are reprehensible. Yeah. They're awful. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. All right, with that, hey Sam, man, it was great to have you, man. Thanks so much for joining us. I mean, you're Thanks gorgeous. For the eye candy yeah, <laughs> I'm around whenever you guys want me. You know, for real. Okay, that's <laughs> <laughs> you're around in all the right places. <laughs> oh my god. All right, uh, Tony, we'll be back with uh, Tony Ortiz on Friday for the pregame show. We've got a postgame show with Sandman on Sunday, don't we? Well, yeah. It's in a way. Remember, the game is later. It starts at 4.05, so the postgame will be 8-ish, 7.30-ish. It's the the worst, but I still love it. I hate hate 4.05 games. I I generally do, but I get to watch my daughter play basketball at Mount Pleasant this weekend, and I get to drive home and still catch the game, so I'm very happy about that. Good good timing this week. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, that's where we're at. Got a little Chris dust, got a lot of fun, got a lot of celebration because the Lions won a game. That's right. <laughs> Good stuff. I want to thank you all. Um, you want to get to Chris dust early before you start to hear anything kind of breaking out anywhere else. Head, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get yourself into the Slack chat, the most intelligent Lions chat on the Internet. Bar none. No qualms no questions about it it is the best place to go even when you disagree you walk away happy because people take care of each other uh patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast is a little a dollar a month gets you in there also follow us on twitter at det lions podcast det lions podcast and at jeff risden also at sandman seven 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 three committed all right up here nailed it nailed it follow us all because we're the most intelligent lions chat on the twitter machine too it's the best stuff you won't get anything better than what we got you just call me a skype detroit lions podcast all one word detroit lions podcast or just use the regular phone on the lions line 929-33-LIONS 929-335-4667 oh yeah you see my uh my mullet going sam man and be sure to go to start detroit lions podcast.com and subscribe to the podcast so we can do what riz we can come into your ear holes automatically thank you terry <laughs> thank you for the uh the super chat or sticker i'm not sure which one it is it doesn't tell me but thank you for that uh thank you for tuning in we're gonna see you next time on the detroit lions podcast remember no pants no toasters no hot tubs no problems because you're going to auctions.detroitlionspodcast.com and supporting saint jude and we're your detroit lions and reddit connection Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.